And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang, welcome back and welcome to 2020. Holy crap. We find ourselves in, uh, what, eight months. It was like December-ish, 2019, uh, the last time that we spoke. Um, Yeah, man, it was... uh, you know, it, it seemed normal going out the door, uh, even to the point of going into like January. It seemed fair. Well, and and February, uh, February was our Jaselmon's Pop Culture Expo, and that was on the eighth. And that was just it was a normal. I mean, as far as like you know, pandemic wise, it seemed fairly normal. Um, let me go ahead and plug PCE real fast because that was an event that we talked about. Uh, a lot last year coming up to it uh, when we hit February 8th. February 8th came and went, and it was a success, boys and girls. Um, we had a copious amount of uh, ticket holders. It was it was really, I think our final count was like around 450, something like that. It was, it was good. It was a good turnout. And, uh, you know, everybody had lots of fun. In fact, when I get a chance, I still have to put up some, uh, some pictures from PCE. So I'll try to do that before, I don't know about tonight, but maybe tomorrow. If you go to Jaysomons, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N-S, popcultureexpo.com, or P-C-E-H-D, dot com and check it out if if you go there and the pictures are not there come back in a couple days they will be there i will put some pictures up uh to show you know the the fun that was had we had great celebrities we had a, an amazing wrestling event we had great vendors and we had a great time so much so that we are now kicking the ball back into rotation and starting to negotiate with brand new celebrities that we want uh, for Jaselmon's Pop Culture Expo 2021. Now, we do not have a set date. Hopefully next week I can give you a set date. But as of right now, uh, we don't have anything. Uh, we're looking at between February and March, like, like before. Um, we're really banking on this whole political thing blowing over and the the coronavirus clearing up and we were really wanting to to focus on March 2021 uh early part of March particularly so that's what we're hoping for fingers crossed um so keep your eyes out and keep your ears open for that because you know me, I'm going to be pimping that like crazy. 
Also, another thing that we are well underway for the second annual Open Contract Challenge, um, we also had Dr. Elms, Dr. Melissa Elms, come to PCE, and she was there with her first place grand prize award-winning Authorian Things, a collection of poems that won the grand prize of last year's Open Contract Challenge. And then during that whole process as well, um, we had my brother's book, his poetry book, What Will Be Will Be, came out. We had quite a few people from the world of myth show up. Uh, for example, Michelle E. Lowe. Uh, she showed up. She was there. She was selling books. Had a great time. The Myth Master, he showed up. Now, I seen Kevin. Kevin Adams was there as well. And, uh, you know, I, I was doing a lot of running during that time. So uh, I didn't really get a chance with to talk to Kevin. But then all of a sudden, the Myth Master showed up and, you know, Stephanie uh, Barty was there as well, and they did. Um, I, I just they were they were judges at the cosplay contest. I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Yes, again, it's going to take a while before the the smooth linguistics start working again. It's been a very long time. Um, let's see what else. Like I said uh, at the time, I don't know if he still holds the belt, but the MLW Openweight Champion. Hammerstone, he was there. He wrestled one of our hometown guys, uh, Blake Grayson, for the JPWI, which is the Jaselmon Professional Wrestling International Heavyweight Wrestling Championship of the World. Congratulations to Blake on his win, becoming the first ever JPWI World Champion. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? Uh, let's see. Okay. So that's it. I'm kind of looking through my notes here. Uh, it, it's been a while, so I had to have some notes, you know. Uh, let's see. Of course, the pandemic uh, hit, like, in the tail of that. Well, the last time, let's see, I'm thinking about this here. Um, my little girl, my middle child, Zoe, she, the last time she was at school was March 20th. That was the last day that she set foot in school. So, um, so roughly around March, you know, the whole pandemic thing took off. Um, everybody was kind of frightened and, and didn't know what to do and, and, uh, you know, we, we've all trying to do our best to move forward. Um, in that time, I, I did a couple things. I did, uh, I re-released a story that I wrote called The End, and it was like 34 parts. And for 34 days straight, every single day, uh, I put out a brand new piece of The End. That was kind of fun. And then uh, for, I think, the month of july june july something like that um we were putting out new uh not new but old uh stories from the past which that was fun as well so we were trying to for the month of march really trying to put some content out there and, and take everybody's mind off of all this craziness uh let's see what else do i have for you 
Da da da. Of course, uh, we started in March as well for the second annual Open Contract Challenge. We are down to the final five right now, and within probably like a week, we are literally going to tell you who the, the final two are and name a third place winner. So that's that's you know we we've missed that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about real fast before, and I'll jump back into my my notes. Is I think this time around, folks, I think I'm going to do because, you know, last year I did 13. No, no, excuse me. I said that wrong. I did 26, 26 episodes in total, six months. Um, I think I'm going to steal a piece from the TV world and I'm going to do 13 weeks, take a break and then come back and do another 13 weeks. Take a break, you know, kind of just keep it going that way. I think maybe that perhaps might be the best way for me to go um because i i know originally there was talk about going or coming back in june of this year and i actually i did record a episode i really did and um you know i i i don't really talk about this but i was feeling really down and really really depressed and um I spent most of the month of June in bed. Uh, just there, was, there was really no reason for it, but um, you know, it was just depression. So June, I was in bed. July, um, for <laughs> it all turned into almost a whole month of July. We drove to Arkansas and visited uh, my dad. And my best friend, Alan Russo, yeah, we were there, gosh, we were there for at least three weeks, I think. And um, so that's, you know, I obviously wasn't recording then. And then now, in August, I didn't have no excuse, really. Um, I just, it's time, it's PCE season, you know, to, to start pu pushing people, you know, pushing the hype and, and bringing out people. So I'm back. I'm rambling. I may not be that ver. You know, like I said, it will take some time. I can tell. I can literally hear myself, and and the 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 pattern of of words I'm placing. And give me time. I'll get back into it eventually. I will. So that covers pretty much. Well, let's see. Let's just take a peek. Uh, I do have a few more notes. Uh, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Let's see. Okay. So, that was... Oh, duh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, we also have officially picked up Zombie Works Publications. Um, and our first book that we're putting out under that title is called Full Moon in Hallen. And what it is, it's a vampire, not vampire, it's a werewolf anthology. And we are looking, actively looking for contributors. So go over to www.zombieworks.us slash submissions and check out what we got. And if you have something good, send it our way. Might end up in print. This is an actual print 
anthology, by the way. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, okay, Steph, Stephanie Barty. A lot of things has gone on with her, um, personally and professionally. It's it's not my place to obviously speak, you know, personally, but uh, professionally, she is now the editor in chief of Dark Myth Publications. So she runs the whole publishing, whether it be online or in print. She's running the whole shebang. Uh, plus, she's working as a ghostwriter and writing uh, a couple books for us for Dark Myth. And one of the things that I did to to open up the the time because she was just booked all the time was I introduced new uh, podcasting team uh, Jenna and Joe Sparks. They are hosting the world of myth bits. But while I was gone too, I also had her start her Steph, uh, start the lupus bits podcast. So you can go to www.jayzomon, J A Y Z O M O N.com slash jayzomodcast, J A Y Z O M O D C A S T. And you can check out, pretty much all of our back catalog because all we got going right now is those two plus I'm now coming back. So we've got three. Um, but you know, Hey, we're, we got you covered Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We've got you covered. So there is that. And that's pretty much it. As far as like catching up everybody, uh, you know, like I said, kind of had about with uh, depression but I, I feel like I'm over it. One of my biggest things, though, is is I've gotten really pudgy. Uh, I I I still eat keto. I, I try to not eat any extra, you know, uh, sugar that kind of stuff. But just because I live in California, and they have everything locked down. I can't get to a gym. Uh, I know the people are like, oh, just work home, work out. It doesn't work that way for me because I'm naturally a fatty. You know, I, I was like almost 400 pounds before I dropped all this weight. And that motivation really isn't there. But if I'm in a room or a building full of people working out, striving to be the physical best that they can do, that motivates me. So that's why I have to be in a gym. Because if I do it at home, I'm not seeing nobody to visually motivate me, you know. And I, I know, no, 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 I won't get into that. But uh, so that's that's kind of it too. You know, I, I don't get out, don't get to go to the movies anymore because that's still closed, obviously. Uh, you know, there's just so many things that this pandemic, COVID-19, the coronavirus, Wuhan flu, whatever you want to call it, it's just, it's nasty is what it is. And uh, it's put, I know it's its not only affected me, but millions of Americans worldwide. And, you know, keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully this will be coming out, you know, as we hit 2021, maybe by the time we hit 2021, we can look back and say, well, that was just awful, but I'm glad it's over. So, 
All right, gang. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to start? Now, I if you're new to the the podcast, first, welcome, and I'm sorry that you stumbled onto this podcast. <laughs> what we do is we look at different things uh, nerdy. Typically, we look at a movie. We look at a TV show. We look at a cartoon. We look at a comic book. And then we have our toy of the month. Now, pretty much this whole thing is going to be Batman-esque. Because, you know, the, the Batman movie dropped. Now, I know that Suicide Squad 2 dropped as well. But I have not really had time to consume it. So, there you go. Uh, maybe next week we'll come back and we'll look at it. But for now, basically, it is it is uh, Batman. And we will get into Batman in just a minute. But we're going to open this bad boy up with Justice League. The Snyder Cut may introduce Superman Spoiler. The very first trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League might tease an introduction of a superhero very, very close related to Superman. Now, before I get into this, I really want to see it because, number one, I liked Joss Whedon. I liked his cut. But looking at the the trailer, it's going to be on a different level. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I just... I can't give up on you, DC. I can't give up. You guys make amazing, amazing animated movies. But you just, you got to hit the mark. You got to hit the mark at some point. Okay, so jumping back into the story. It says, recently released trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League revealed a bunch of new scenes in the upcoming film, including shots from Darkseid. Desad and Superman's black suit. Overall, the trailer promises a lot of new scenes in Justice League, but one in particular could be more significant than any of the others, as it might just introduce Supergirl to the DC Extended Universe. At the 24-second mark of the trailer, there is a shot of Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne looking at a hologram. I, I noticed that. Yeah, actually, I did notice that. Or a holographic of what seemed to be a Kryptonian, which matched the 2017 trailer. The shot itself sees Bruce staring at an unknown person in a hologram while monitoring a lack of Kryptonians left to defend Earth. There were a lot of fan theories about this originally, as there are still some, including you know body shapes, tattoos, that kind of nonsense. That is... That is, isn't Superman Henry Cavill. Instead, this may actually be Kara Zor-El, Superman's cousin. The fact Schneider brought the image back to the trailer may be hinting at her introduction into the future. So, Notably, a DC Extended Universe comic 2013's Man of Steel prequel introduced Kara as a starship pilot who crashed on a foreign planet after her crew got attacked by escaped Kryptonian criminals. This caused Kara to land on Earth as a navigational systems on her ship was fried. 
And with the story occurring thousands of years before Superman, Man of Steel, many wonder if she was alive. Fans even felt that the opening pod Superman ventured into was hers, although Snyder poured cold water on that notion and said Bruce was looking at Cyborg's projection of Superman. But that could have been a misdirection, as Snyder did admit he wanted to build a world for Supergirl. When pressed, rumor, or pressed numerous times on social media of a new cut, he did say, stay tuned. It's possible there's more with this shot. Whether Kara is frozen in the Antarctic or she actually fought on Earth in the past and retired, Snyder can find a way to bring her back. This scene can also easily be retconned so that Bruce took data from one of the downed kryptonite ships as he, ser- or as he was searching for warriors, and the hologram showed Kara. Oh, okay. She could even be in a status chamber somewhere, or maybe she ended up trapped in the Phantom Zone, as Mana still did make clear Kryptonians can survive there. Unfortunately, though, Snyder would likely only introduce and include some footage in his cut, the wow factor content that would have extended his DCEU vision. He talked about things like Martian Manhunter being included, as well as Ryan Cho. So there's no reason Kara couldn't also make an appearance in the future. And then, if you've been hiding under a rock, Justice League stars Ben Affleck as Batman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Henry Cavill as Superman, Amy Adams as Lois Lane, Jason Manmoa as Aquaman, Ezra Miller as The Flash, Ray Fisher as Cyborg, Jeremy Irons as Alfred Pennyworth, Diane Lane as Martha Kent, Siren Hines as Stefan Wolf. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, Zack Snyder's Justice League will premiere exclusively on HBO in, because, you know, it's 2021, or 2020, we can't have it until 2021. So there you go. Whew. Yeah, that was, uh, you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> it's been a while since I've, I've read anything out loud. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I do think that there, you know, what this is just my kind of bopsy head thing is uh, maybe they're doing all this also to maybe bring the DC Extended Universe directly to HBO. I don't know. I think that might work. All right. Well, changing gears a little bit. Now we're going to jump into, uh, let's see, we were talking about HBO, you know, HBO Access, or not Access, but HBO Max. Now we're going to jump into CBS All Access. Um, And I won't lie, this is absolutely, I might actually get a subscription for CBS All Access for this specific thing. And the title reads, Stephen King's The Stand sets CBS all-access premiere date. Yes! Yeah! 
Yes, sorry. That's yes, that's me actually. I um. Oh my gosh, I love the stand. I have the book. Uh, my mentor Charity Shear, he gave me uh, a first edition. Uh, it was like 1976 first edition for my 30th birthday, long time ago, and. Uh, I have I actually found the Blu-ray of the stand, you know, the original stand from the eight no no nineties. Was it nineties? I think it was nineties. I have it over here somewhere. Um I found the Blu-ray of that. So I I I I totally I love the stand. You know, in in fact, I've even thought about buying because Marvel Comics put out, you know, a stand miniseries. I might actually buy that too. The only thing that I think that the TV show, and I'm hoping, well, I'll get into it in a minute, but um, I hope that the, the new TV show has, uh, oh, what's her name? I just blanked out on the, the lead female. Oh, Franny, that's her name. <laughs> it took me a second to think of it. Um, you know, and, and the, the original in the book, she's pregnant. And uh, the TV series, she's not. So, I don't know. I, I know it's just kind of a small detail, but I, I was kind of hoping that... Well, we'll see what happens. I don't know if they will or not. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get to the headline. It says, Stephen King's The Stand set CBS all-access premiere date. The highly anticipated eight-episode TV adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand will premiere on CBS All Access on December 17th. So we don't have that much longer to wait, gang. The television adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand will premiere on CBS All Access on December 17th. The series is set after an event of King's 1978 novel in the post-apocalyptic world, where plague has taken out most of humanity and survivors are in the midst of a fight between good and evil. After the series premiere, episodes will air sub subsequently each week for a total of eight episodes. So it's going to take, you know, two months to watch. Well, yeah, I'm okay with that. I think we've been doing way too many binge watching anyway. During the two years we spent making The Stand... We all felt the responsibility of adapting what may be the most beloved work of one of the world's most beloved storytellers. But none of us could have imagined that Stephen King's 40-year-old masterpiece about a global pandemic would come so eerily relevant. relevant. Showrunner Benjamin Cavill said in a statement, we're honored to tell this sprawling epic story, including a new coda that Stephen King has wanted to add for decades. We're so proud of this show and its attempt to find meaning and hope in the most uncertain of times, he added. We can't wait to share it with the world. The stand was previously adapted into a 1994 miniseries starring Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, Ruby Dee, James Sheridan. The new version will find Whoopi Groberg replacing Dee as Mother Abigail and Alexander Sarsgaard taking on Sheridan's role as Randall Flagg, 
AKA the Dark Man. Okay, I, I'm okay. That sounds good. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Let's see. The stand is Stephen King's apocalyptic version vision of the world decimated by the plague and emboiled in an element of struggle between good and evil. The fate of mankind rests on the frail shoulders of a 108-year-old woman, Mother Abigail, Whoopi Goldberg, and a handful of survivors. Their worst nightmares are embodied in a man with a lethal smile and unspeakable, unspeakable powers, Randall Flagg and Alexander Skarsgård, the Dark Man. Okay. The stand stars, everybody I just mentioned. Uh, let's see. So, Alexander Skarsgård, Whoopi Goldberg. James Madison is Stu Redman. Okay. Odessa Young is Frenny Goldsmith. Odessa Young. Let me see who that is. Okay. She's new. I don't I don't recognize her. Okay. Uh Javon Apito as Larry Underwood, Amber Heard as Nadine Cross, Owen Cheeg as Harold Lauder, Henry Zaga as Nick. Let's see. I'm actually Googling, Googling these people to see what they look like. Okay. Uh, nope. Okay. Doesn't look like them. <laughs> uh, okay. Brad Williams. Oh, Brad Williams. Hink. Hink. Let's see. I need to get off this real fast. But Okay. That'll be interesting. Uh, let's see. Like I said, it will premieres December 17th on CBS All Access. I will check it out. I will check it out. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm excited. God, I hope it doesn't suck. I, I get like that. You know, I find things that just like, ah, you know. Yep. Okay. So let's see. Where do we want to go? Okay, this will be my last non-Batman news, and then we're going to get into Batman, okay? The Simpsons composer lawsuit allows to move forward. Yep. Yep, think about that one. Okay. Just over one year ago, 79-year-old composer Alf Cosson filed a lawsuit against 20th Century Fox, which technically doesn't exist anymore, and the producers of The Simpsons alleging that his dismissal from the series years prior had been due to age discrimination. Fox countered that Cossin's firing from The Simpsons, a series he's been working on for over 27 years, was because he'd been hand handing off parts of his Simpsons workload to other people, including his son, Scott Cossin. A judge has now given Cossin the opportunity to proceed in his suit, but not for the reason that he initially put forth when filing the suit last year. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Michael Stern ruled that only some of Cossin's claims fall under the anti-slap 
I don't know what that says. Uh, let's see. That is specifically disability discrimination, age discrimination, and wrongful discharge, allowing for his lawsuit to move forward. The pieces of his originally filed that were ruled to not be applicable, applicable blah, 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 were claims of failure to, to accommodate due to his diagnosis with Parkinson's disease, Retaliation, unfair business practices. The trade notes that the judge ruled Costin could win the case based on disability discrimination, but not age discrimination. Perhaps the biggest thing working in Costin's favor is that his diagnosis with Parkinson's disease came in 2013. He did not make public until 2016, with his firing coming a year later. The composer claims that at the time, no attempts were made by the producers to accommodate him after he revealed his diagnosis. The reporter by THR, according to the son Scott, an executive at Fox, made the comment, What's going on with your dad? Now's not the time to piss off the producers. Unquote. That was actually a quote. As of this writing, it is unclear if the schedule, the lawsuit scheduled will actually proceed or if a settlement between the Costin and Fox will take place. THR notes that the court will likely see the details of this case ahead of the trial, a potential trial, assuming once again that there is no settlement that takes place. Costin begins his work on this series with his second season, and would go to provide the score for almost 600 of its episodes, winning him two primetime Emmys along the way. His final season with the series was season 28 in 2017, following his firing. The Simpsons producer replaced him with Academy Award winning Hans Zimmer. Every season of The Simpsons is now streaming on Disney+, Plus, which I watch actively. <laughs> So there you go. Um, it sounds like not so much. I think um, though he was trying to make a thing out of the age, I think it was just, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, well, I can kind of see it both ways, to be honest with you. All right. Let's get into some Batman news. I'm Batman. All right. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Previews for Batman, Three Jokers, and every DC comic arriving. Well, actually, it wrote it'll. It's yeah, <laughs> it came out yesterday technically. So here we go. Woo. All right, Eye of the Tiger, Eye of the Tiger. This is gonna be okay. Ah. <laughs> uh. Before New Comic Day Comic Day arrives, check out preview for Batgirl, Batman Beyond, John Constantine, Hellblazer, Plunge, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman. It's here. After being teased all the way back at the beginning of DC Comics Rebirth Relaunch, the debut issue of the black label title Batman Three Jokers finally hit comic shops this Tuesday, August 25th. 
And it's only one of no fewer than 19 new comics the Burbank-based publisher is putting out this week. Several superhero books under DC's main banner have new issues out this week as well, including Action Comics, Detective Comics, Batgirl, Batman Beyond, Batman Superman, Justice League Dark, Red Hood Outlaw, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans Annual, The Flash, and Wonder Woman. Not to mention the star-studded Legion of Superheroes number 8 under the Wonder Comic imprint. Interesting. There's also the fifth issue of Amethyst. I haven't heard of Amethyst yet. Three Jokers also isn't the only black label titled Hitting Shelves. In fact, the imprint is home to two finales this week. The Question, The Death of Vic Sage, number four, and Hill House Comics, Plunge, number six. Meanwhile, the Sandman Universe has two new series out this week in the form of Book of Magic, number 22, and John Constantine Hellblazer, number 19. Finally, The Last God continues with issue number 8. You can see all the books releasing and below, we'll get there, with uh, the links, which won't really matter, will it? But I will read each one for you, just just in case you didn't know they were coming out. I'm going to hit it, give it to you, okay? Here we go. Action Comics, 1024. Amethyst, number 5. Batgirl, 48. Batman Beyond, 46. Batman Superman, 11. Batman Three Jokers, number 1. Book of Magic, 22. Detective Comics 1026, John Constantine Hellblazer number 9, Justice League Dark number 25, Legion of Superheroes number 8, Plunge number 6, Red Hood Outlaw number 48, Suicide Squad number 8, Teen Titans Annual number 2, The Flash 760, The Last God number 8, The Question the Death of Vic Sage, number four. Wonder Woman, 761. Uh, let's see. And that is pretty much it. Okay, that was... <laughs> I thought this was going to be hardcore. This was actually fairly decent. I was... Uh, I was expecting more, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know about... the. Um, Batman Three Jokers, though. I haven't heard that one yet. All right, let's jump over there and see what it says. Batman Three Jokers number one. DC Comics presents a preview of Batman Three Jokers number one by Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. Okay. Okay, it doesn't really. Just images. Not seeing anything really. Great drawings. Let's see. 30 years after Batman, the killing joke changed comics forever. Three Jokers 
re-examines the myth of who or what the Joker is and what is at the heart of his eternal battle with Batman. New York Times best-selling writer Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok, the writer and artist team that waged the Dark Side War, or Dark Side War, sorry, in the pages of Justice League, reunite to tell the ultimate story of Batman and the Joker. After years of anticipation starting in DC Universe's Rebirth number one, the epic masterpiece you've been waiting for is here. Find out why there are three Jokers and what that means for the Dark Knight and the Clown Prince of Crime. It's a mystery unlike any Batman has ever faced. Okay. Okay. I, I'm interested. That's interesting. That is very interesting. So they are going to go with the three Batmans. Or three Jokers, rather. Okay. Huh. I'm just looking at some artwork here. Some cool stuff. Batman getting stitched up by Alfred. Because he got poked in the ribs by the penguin. By his umbrella. Some good artwork. This guy's good. All right. So go check that out. And let me know. I I might. I might. I don't know. We'll see. I, I honestly I have so much on my plate that I don't know if I can honestly read it. But maybe. We'll see what happens. Okay. So Batman Three Jokers. Now we're going to move over to our final column of the night before we get to the toy of the week. And this one I'm going to put out is it's actually from Vanity. And because I, I thought it was very interesting that Vanity was the ones that put this out. And it is The Batman. Everything we learned in the first trailer. Yes, I'm jumping right into it. The Batman is finally out of the shadows. The first trailer for Robert Pattinson's take on Batman released on Saturday during the fan or DC fandom, giving fans their first look at the Cape Crusader, Catwoman, Riddler, Commissioner Gordon, and directed by Matt Reeves, Gotham City. Reeves explained that the movie takes place in year two of Batman's career in which he's still starting out and his rogues gallery haven't been fully-fledged supervillains yet. The trailer opens with an eerie sound of duct tape rip ripping, then offers a brief glimpse at a man, a masked man in a green overcoat. Many speculate that this is Paul Dano's Riddler, who leaves behind a grisly clue for Batman. The character's new look leaves behind the Riddler's iconic cane and question mark covered suit, but falls in line with the, the gritty, grounded tone of the trailer. Hmm. Okay, so, okay. They're, they're going to try to make it more realistic again instead of superheroish. The Riddler's victim is a man whose face is covered in duct tape with the words, No More Lies, scrawled in red ink. 
Lies are a reoccurring motif in the Riddler's scheme for Batman and Gotham City Police Department. The word is written in red over issues of Gotham Gazette pinned to the, the wall. Commissioner Gordon investigates the crime scene, discovering a card with a cryptic message inside. Haven't a clue? Let's play a game. Just me and you. The card reads, with some mysterious symbols at the bottom. Handwritten on the other side of the card appears to be a riddle. What does a liar do when he's dead? What does a liar do when he's dead? <laughs> he lies still. Of course, I had to think about that. Okay, sorry. Uh, spoilers, if I'm right. You know, because you get it, it's a play on words. Liar, lie, they lie still. But, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm like, huh. Okay. Okay, so what does a liar do when he's dead? And uh, I give you my, my idea. I don't know if it's right or not, but there you go. The green envelope is addressed specifically to the Batman. Next, we finally get a look at Batman suited up, appearing to work willingly with Gordon and the GCPD. In comics, Batman's brand of vigilante justice sometimes puts him at odds with the police, so this points to a cooperative relationship for now. However, that might change later on in the trailer. At a press conference held outside perhaps... After discovering the Riddler's crime, Bruce Wayne hangs back from the crowd of reporters and puts on a bike helmet. He's out of his bat suit, but still has black makeup around his eyes. Left over from his last suit up, he rides to the Bat Cave, which is a much more low grade and in the work hideout than we've seen before. You've become quite a celebrity, says an unseen British voice, likely Bruce's butler, Alfred Pennyworth, played by Andy Serkis. Bruce Wayne is typically portrayed as a billionaire playboy, so it is presumed Alfred is referring to the growth or the growing notoriety of Batman. The next scene shows Riddler striking again, this time sending a car with a duct-taped victim through what appears to be a funeral. Bruce is in the crowd, diving to save someone from the car's path. The driver steps out with another letter addressed to Batman taped to his chest. A suspicious coincidence given that Bruce was also there. Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman makes her first appearance in the next scene, robbing a safe that looks like it could be inside the Wayne Manor, or perhaps another building. Later in the trailer, she and Batman have a brief fight in the same area. Like Riddler's outfit, the iconic villain's costume is a simple black mask and bodysuit. The trailer shows a brief glimpse at the crime lord Penguin, played by the an unrecognizable Colin Farrow. 
He stands in the rain outside Gotham's sanitarium department, sanitation department, perhaps a hideout for his goons. A group of henchmen with black and white face paint. Usually a calling card of the Penguin's crew. Foolishly takes on Batman later in the trailer. The Dark Knight easily beats up one of the thugs, leaving him crippled on the ground with a broken arm. Oh, that was such a good scene. We then flash... Oh, no, sorry. We then see flashes of Batman scuffling with the crowd of GCPD officers. The Batmobile roar to life during a chase scene with the Penguin, and the Cape Crusader shakes off a point-break shot to his chest. Batman also uses a grappling hook to zip up a stairwell full of what appears to be GCPD officers shooting at him. A 180-degree turn from working with them peacefully earlier. The final moments see Bruce take off his cowl in the Batcave as a mysterious voice says, You're a part of this too. It doesn't sound like Alfred's accent from earlier, leaving many to wonder if it could be Riddler. How am I part of this? asks Batman, to which the voice replies, You'll see. Could the Riddler have discovered Batman's real identity? Where is mob boss uh, Carmine Falcone? Good grief. Played by John Turrell. What havoc will Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler wreak on Gotham? Hopefully all these questions and more will be answered when the Batman hits theaters. Because it's 2020, so we can't have it until 2021 next year. Oh, yeah. That was that was something else. It was... It's... Um, I'm really next year is going to be something special for the comic movie enthusiasts because there's so much coming out and I, I'm hoping I'm, I'm really hoping for DC. I hope that, you know, what all they're putting out, they, they finally knock one out of the park. All right, gang. So with that all in mind, let's go ahead and jump to this week's, toy of the week and it is found at one of my favorite places online and this is not a, a uh, advertisement or anything this is just my personal where i like to shop and it is the big bad toy store.com and this week it is batman the dark knight returns a Malflex or Malfex M A F E X number 139 Batman blue version and Robin. And what it is is it is action figures that are straight off the pages of the Dark Knight Returns uh, with the old Batman. Oh my gosh, it's just so so gorgeous, so well done. And Carrie Kelly, she's she's Robin, obviously, because she was Robin in the, in the comic book. That is gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And it's posable. It's completely 
Looks like they're they're completely posable. Even the capes are posable. That is so cool. And uh, Batman can take off his cowl, it looks like. And it's old Bruce Wayne underneath. Very cool stuff. Uh, I just might order this for myself for Christmas. <laughs> okay, so uh, this one is a little special. And because, you know, it's, it's uh, well, it's an articulated statue, essentially. You can move it any way you want. They want a $15 non-refundable down payment. As, and I know this is a little costly, but, you know, it's, it's roughly $75 per figure. It's $149.99, and it's uh, standard shipping. And it is scheduled to arrive third quarter of 2021. All right, gang, that's it for me. That's everything that I've got to offer for you. Thank you for coming in for episode one of season four. And I hope you come back next week. If you want to reach out to me on social media, uh, facebook.com slash David K. Montoya, twitter.com slash David K. Montoya, instagram.com slash David K. Montoya, or you can email me, or email the show rather, at mypubliclife at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. And drop me a line, tell me what you think, give me some ideas of what you want me to cover, or just whatever, drop me a line. I mean, we're all stuck in this pandemic, so communication is always welcome. All right, folks, thank you again for coming in. So, for My Public Life as an American Nerd, I am your host, David K. Montoya, and as always, I bid you adieu.